quit my job in 2006 and went full-time freelance. And when I did, um, I kind of was equal or matching my salary, my design salary. So things were pretty stable. Um, but then my wife lost her job and we were like also thinking about starting a family and she always wanted to stay home with the kids. And so the pressure was on for me to figure something out. So I wrote a letter to, um, do you all know Stephen Heller? He was the design director of the, um, or he was the, yeah, like creative director for uh, New York Times uh, book review, amongst other things. But he was famous for giving really like honest feedback in um, portfolio reviews, normally for students. And I wasn't a student, but I just decided to do it anyway. And I just said to him, like, I want to up, I want to raise my game. I don't want to be doing all this alt weekly stuff. And he was just brutally honest with me. He's like, you can't just keep drawing floating heads and, and floating people. You need to do more storytelling, do more environments, do more other things, and you'll get bigger jobs. So I, I spent like a couple of months working with the existing art directors I had to try and get work like that. I said, can you just trust me to draw some bigger stories and draw stuff that has more of a story to it than just rather than just drawing this famous person or that famous person? And they did. And then I, I, with a new portfolio, I went out and started approaching places like the New Yorker and Entertainment Weekly and bigger publications. And very quickly, I started to get work from them and that really changed things. So for a nice long while there, I was doing major illustration stuff for these bigger publications. Um, but as you both know, like life gets more expensive. And um, <laughs> so I started doing what I know you both are good at, and but I, this was new territory for me, which is try and create something first and then sell it rather than sit and wait for the phone to ring. Um, so the editorial artists, you know, that's what they do, sit and wait uh, and then promote. Um, so my first stab at that was a 90 page full color graphic novel, huge mistake. Um, it was such a ton of work. I had no idea getting into it, what it was going to be. And then we barely broke even. I did it with a writer who's a friend of mine. Um, barely, barely broke even on just production of, you know, on just print costs after a year of slaving away on it. It was just so hard. So that I was like, okay, I tried that. I realize now that, and sometimes you have to go through that. You have to try something to realize what's really involved. So the next thing I did was, but I still wanted to get that idea of like, I'm going to have passive income or I want to make something and then sell it. Right. Um, so the next thing I did was a, a bunch of little drawings I would do daily for about 10 minutes. And I turned them into a blog called the daily figure. And the cool thing about that was it was at a time where blogs were still able to kind of catch on and catch fire a little bit um, pre, you know, Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. Um, and those little tiny 10 minute drawings I did were just black and white sketches. And I would do them for my imagination. They were figures. But what's cool is it led to a whole bunch of commissioned work in that style where I was able to basically for the same amount of money I would normally get for a full color illustration um, with like multiple characters in the background, I would do these simple little one-offs for the same amount of money. I could just really gang up that work and, and do a lot more. So that was nice for a while. And also the passive income component was I would sell calendars and mugs and things with the little, these pictures on them. So I was starting to get somewhere. And then the big break for me was in 2009, I made an iPhone game um, called uh, White Lines. And I did it with a business partner in Ireland who I'm working with right now, actually at a brand new app. Um, which is a, the first of its kind. It'll be a meditative drawing app, which I'm really excited about. Um, but, but he and I just partnered on this. It took us three or four months and we made this game and Apple featured it on the iTunes store because it was black and white and everything else was like bright and colorful. So we just got lucky with that game 
And all of a sudden I had like $25,000 in my pocket from sales in the first like couple months. And that was a huge, huge amount of money to me. Um, especially at this time where I was like trying to get commissions for $500, $750 editorial spots here and there. So that really, really got me excited about the potential of, you know, make something and then sell it and see what happens. Admittedly, I got lucky and it's not like that's the, the, the normal story for everybody making an iPhone game, but the timing was good. The product was the right thing for the right time, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so with that in mind, with this idea of like making stuff, um, fast forward to uh, Corey Godby, who is a fantasy illustrator. Um, he was on Gumroad selling uh, sketchbooks, digital copies of his sketchbooks. And I, I had a quick exchange with him about like what it's like to work with Gumroad. And he was saying, you got to do it. It's so easy. You just throw anything you want online and sell it. Boom. And everyone was always uh, asking for my Photoshop brushes. My you know, friends who were illustrators, I would just send them little packs to play with. Um, and I thought, well, maybe I'll try selling a little pack of those. And this is way back, I think, you know, 2013 or thereabouts. I don't remember. And at the time, I don't know if you recall this, but like Photoshop brushes weren't something a lot of people were passing around or, or really fidgeting with and trying to make better. People were just kind of suffering through using the round brush and using the default Photoshop brushes. But I had actually been making this huge library of brushes for my own work because back when I worked at the design firm, we had clients that needed all kinds of different kinds of illustration. And I was sort of the in-house illustrator. And in order to mess up, mess around with my style and try different things, I would create new Photoshop brushes. So I was really into it as a sort of side thing. And I, I just got better and better at doing it, which goes to this idea I'd love to talk about with you guys about becoming an accidental expert at something. Because I think that's that's something a lot of us do, and we don't realize we're an expert. But all of a sudden, you've had you've put in these hundreds and hundreds of hours doing something that no one else really cares about or isn't as invested in as you are. And I, I just realized I was good at making these things. Um, so when I put it up on Gumroad, I just thought, I'll tweet about it, make a little note on Facebook to my friends, and just leave it be. So I did that in the morning, or like around lunch or something, I remember in like a couple you know, hours later I looked and I already had a couple hundred dollars worth of sales for this $5 brush. So I was like, Oh, cool. And then I let it be. And then I went to visit my parents that night for dinner. And I told them about this thing I'd done. And I was like, you know, let me just check and see how the sales are going. And at that point it was like $1,100 and in a day. And I started freaking out. And then the next day it was like two grand. And I was like, what is going on here? And I, and I just immediately took it very seriously. And I didn't think, oh, well, that's fun, but whatever. I immediately set about coming up with brand ideas, the next brush set I would make, expanding it, improving the brushes I had. And like after just a couple of months, I had this, this brand new set. And like I watched as the sales would increase for the first, but then I would see people buy the second and then go back to buy the first. And I started realizing how this stuff works just by doing it. Cause I'm not a business person, you know? You know, all these concepts everyone understands about like authors who release their fifth book. If it's a bestseller, people go back and buy their fourth, their third, their second. So, you know, all that stuff that didn't make sense to me before started to click. And um, eventually I had this idea that, you know, Adobe should notice this because if people are this dissatisfied with what's in the default category, there's got to be a way to bring this to their attention and um